everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Uh, today we are going to be uh, asking a question that we don't often ask in our fast-paced world, and today simply we're going to ask the question, when should I not run? When is it okay to not run? And so the title for today's message is Don't Run. We're going to unpack a scripture and speak about five things that can help us determine when not to run. If you are new to our podcast, welcome as always, as far as possible. Every Tuesday morning, we're going to be releasing this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, once you uh, subscribe and, and download and share this podcast and get it to as many people as possible. The point of the podcast, the reason we do this is for simply for us to grab a cup of coffee or tea. We don't discriminate. You can get hot chocolate, Coke, whatever you want, and let's spend 15 minutes together, just speaking about something, anything that may help us become more like Jesus. So again, subscribe, share, whatever you need to do. And if you need to pause it to get your cup of coffee, go right ahead. Today, I'm going to read quite a large portion of scripture out of the second book of Samuel, uh, chapter 18, verses 19 to 33. So bear with me as I read through this quite lengthy passage. And then we're going to look at five things that we can understand about when not to run. So beginning of verse 19, it says this, Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run and carry news to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You are not to carry news today. You may carry news another day, but today you shall carry no news, because the king's son is dead. A bit of context behind this is this is just after the army of David has defeated his son's army after Absalom has, has taken over the Jerusalem, the capital, and tried to usurp his father's power. So that's kind of the context here. Then Job said to the Cushite, go, tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed before Job and ran. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, come on, May, let me also run after the Cushite. And Joab said, why will you run, my son, seeing that you will have no reward for the news? Come what may, he said, I will run. So he said to him, run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain, that's important, and outran the Cushite. Uh, running by the plain means he was out in the open, he was vulnerable, he took a risk. And 24, verse 24. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And when he lifted up his eyes and looked, he saw a man running alone. The watchman called out and told the king, and the king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he drew nearer and nearer. The watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gate and said, See, another man running alone. The king said, He also brings news. The watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. Now, Ahimaaz uh, had been a messenger for King David during the whole ordeal when he was in exile because his son had taken over Jerusalem. So this is not the first time Ahimaaz had brought news. It's not the first time he had served the king. There was a, there was a track record here. And the king said, he is a good man and comes with good news. Then Ahimaaz cried out to the king, all is well, and he bowed before the king with his face to the earth and said, blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, is it well with the young man Absalom? Ahimaaz answered, when Joab sent the king's servants, your servant, I saw a great commotion, but I do not know what it was. And the king said, turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. And behold, the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, Good news for my lord the king, for the Lord has delivered you this day from the hand of all who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with the young man Absalom? And the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you for evil be like that young man. 
And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, oh, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Now, often we, are, we speak about this idea of running the race marked out for us. But we also need to speak about when is the right time to pause and not run? When is chasing something bad for us? In this instance, we see a young, fast man with, with a track record of carrying messages run when he wasn't supposed to. And in the end, he carried the wrong news to the king, news that the king wasn't that interested in, and he was simply set aside. He was simply told to stand and wait. He became a, a side character in the story. And this is the lesson in futility. What's happened here is the triumph of exuberance over wisdom. So for a moment, let's look at five things from this narrative that can help us discern when not to run. First off, and this is so important, don't run when your leader says stay. First thing we see is that Ahimaaz is told by Joab, the commander of the army, to not run. For some reason, Joab could see that this was not the kind of mission and message Ahimaaz should be involved in. Joab knew Ahimaaz could run fast. As we said, he's got a track record. But this mission was not only about speed. There were other things to consider. Whoever got to the king would have to tell him his army was victorious, but his son was dead. This was not about speed. There were other things to consider. There was tact to consider. There was the tone of the message. However, Ahimaaz saw a moment to shine. He wanted to be the guy because he only saw part of the situation. He didn't understand the intricacies involved. He didn't trust the vision and the foresight of his leader either. So right up front, we need to learn to trust in the wisdom and vision of our leaders. Sometimes we get frustrated because we know what we are capable of. We think those above us have not seen what we can do. And so we feel like horse racers stuck in the gate when the race is starting. We want to run because we know what we can do. The thing is, in situations like these, our leaders are not trying to squash our potential but they do see more than we can. They understand the situation from a higher vantage point. This is not because they are better than us or perfect themselves, but it's because as leaders, God reveals things to them that we cannot see. So first time we should pause is when our leaders tell us to. Don't run when your leader says stay. Second thing is don't run when you are trying to prove yourself or trying to prove something. It's dangerous to run when we are trying to prove ourselves, when we attach our identity to our race. This flows on from the last one. If we are frustrated by our leaders and feel that they don't see our full potential, then we run in order to show them and everyone else what we can really do. There is a sense of performance attached to this because when people don't see what we can do, often we feel they don't see us. If people don't acknowledge our contribution, they don't acknowledge us. In other words, we can end up running because our identity is attached to our ability. And when our ability is undermined, so is our identity. The problem with this approach, the problem with running to try to prove yourself, is that if we are trying to prove something to those around us by how we perform, it will never be enough. There will always be someone who isn't impressed or who was expecting more from us. There will always be someone who can run faster than us. I've had to learn this lesson many times. I was engaging in a competition once that had two parts. I was normally pretty good in the one section, but had a terrible track record in the other. On this occasion, by some miracle, I won the section I was normally pretty bad at, and I think I came maybe third or something in the area I was normally good at. Now, I was over the moon because I had literally won something I'd never dreamed of winning. 
But then someone made a comment to me after the competition, someone I loved and respected. And they simply said, you know, why didn't you win the part you normally win? They completely ignored the way that I had succeeded in a, in a brand new way, but they didn't acknowledge this new victory. Instead of celebrating the section I won, they questioned why I didn't win the other section, and it hurts. And at that moment, I realized, I learned that no matter what you do, you can't please everyone. And it's a lesson I keep having to relearn as I get older. Your performance cannot be where you get your identity from, and it cannot be the reason you run the race ahead of you. Don't attach your identity to your performance. So two things already. Don't run when your leader says no. Secondly, don't run trying to prove yourself. Number three, don't run when you are looking for glory. And again, this kind of is attached to the last one. Um, but the thing that I need to, we need to understand is that don't run if the only reason you're running is for your reputation. Again, identity is so involved here. But this is not so much about performance, but about reputation. Sometimes the reason we are doing things is because we want to be noticed. It's not about proving ourselves to anyone. It's about getting everyone to see you. While this may sound really obvious, it's probably the one many of us are guilty of to some degree. We do things and say things to make sure people know who we are. We don't want to feel invisible. And so we do things to be accepted. If you are running, doing something so that you can fit in, it probably isn't a race you should be running. God did not create us to fit in, but to belong. There is a big difference between belonging and fitting in. Brene Brown, an author of some incredible works, speaks about this in her book, Braving the Wilderness. She says her research came up with the following ideas. Belonging somewhere is being somewhere you want to be and where others want you. Fitting in is being somewhere where you want to be, but others don't care whether you're there or not. Belonging is being accepted for you. Fitting in is being accepted for being like everyone else. Belonging is where I get to be me. Fitting in is where I have to be like everyone else to be accepted. So here's the thing. Please don't run in order to fit in. Please don't run in order to be noticed or glorified. Please don't run to get glory for yourself or to build your reputation. So number one, don't run when your leader says no. Number two, don't run trying to prove yourself. And number three, don't run for your own glory. Second last one, I hope you're tracking with me here. Number four, don't run with half the story. Don't run if only you, you only have half the story. Here the young man Ahimaz runs, but he doesn't understand the whole situation. He, as we mentioned up front, he doesn't get the intricacies. In his mind, the army of Israel was victorious and he wanted to tell the king the good news. However, there was more going on. The king's son was dead and David had a whole range of emotions attached to the situation. But Ahimaz ran anyway. Even though he didn't know the full story, even though he didn't know the intricacies, he ran anyway. And there will be times when running is a bad idea simply because we don't know the whole story. We do not have the full picture of what's going on. And if we run then, we can end up hurting people. We have spoken about this before, but assumption is a great way to hurt people. When we only have 5% of a story, it is dangerous to try fill, fill in the other 95% with what we think happened. Our assumptions have a tendency to make us look foolish. Our assumptions can lead us to hurt people, deliver false hope, or make minor things major things. So don't run with half the story. Lastly, don't run someone else's race. We shouldn't run someone else's race. This was a race for the man simply known as a Kushat. His name isn't even mentioned. However, Ahimez chose to step into a situation that belonged to someone else. Think about this for a moment. Ahimez was the son of Zadok. He already had a place in the story of Israel. 
He was a son of one of the priests who served David, as we mentioned earlier, and he himself had been in his service during Absalom's rebellion. He was part of the strategy of David during that time. He didn't need to run again to be included in the history of his people. This was a race for someone else who isn't even mentioned. Their name is not mentioned. When we run other people's races, we not only step in on their part of the story, but we can also discredit our own part. Up to this point, Ahimaaz had a good reputation with David. He was a trusted messenger. However, now David told him to stand aside because he wasn't carrying the news that David cared about. A trusted messenger can become a doubted messenger simply because he runs a race he shouldn't have run. We can create doubt uh, in, our, in our reputation because we run a race that someone else isn't running, is running. Now the Kushite, the unnamed actor in this story, he didn't mind whether his name was included or not. What he, what he was doing was he was running his own race and he ran with the full story. He ran when his leader said he must and he wasn't running to prove himself and he wasn't running to get glory. It's the exact opposite. So right up front, when should we not run? Don't run when your leader says no. Don't run to prove yourself. Don't run for your own glory. And don't run with half the story. And lastly, don't run someone else's race. So as we end, let me ask you, uh, is this a time in your life to pause? Is this a time in your life to reevaluate which race you are running and why you are running it? Perhaps you need to revisit the why behind your race. And so my heart today is not to get you to stop running. It's for you to evaluate when is pausing, when is stopping a good idea. Sometimes running a race that isn't yours to run can discredit you and change how people see you. Well, I hope this has helped some of you. I hope this has just dropped some nuggets into your heart that you can mull over during the rest of this week. Ho hope it's a good day for you and we will see you soon. God bless everyone. Bye.